Darling, I was on a vacation recently and stayed at an Airbnb, and then I realized that while I was away, my empty house could be making money, honey. If you're someone like me that is busy and not home all the time, your home could be an Airbnb. And it's actually pretty simple to get started. Even if you don't have a whole house, you could start with just a spare room. Personally, I really enjoy staying at Airbnbs. I really do. I love a good Airbnb. Who is that? Come back, British you. And it really is a great way to like support local economy and support local people. So Airbnb is fabulous. And I know I was doing my British voice earlier, but we love Airbnb. So think about what you could do with some extra cash. Whether you're looking to treat yourself to something nice, like a shopping spree or a spa day, or start a whole side hustle, Airbnb can help you be that person. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They always say trust your gut. But one time, my gut told me to bleach my eyebrows. And that was fashionable, but not widely well-received. While probiotics can't help you with most of your gut decisions, it can give your gut a little bit of support. And Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Did you know daily disturbances like poor diets, stress, travel, the use of certain medications, and plenty of other factors can throw off your gut microbiome? Oh, no. Enter Ritual. Their Symbiotic Plus has been a gorgeous tool. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 25% off. Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. And this week is a very special episode. The call is coming from inside the house. Our house. I'm sitting down with my husband, Mark Peacock. And for those of you who don't know, come on in, babe. Or maybe haven't picked up from the garden updates on my Instagram or the ones on Mark's socials, but my husband has one big green thumb and an even bigger dick. Mark grew up in England, and if there's one thing the English love, it's a garden. He graduated from the University of Essex with a degree in landscape architecture and garden design. And I'll tell you what, that skill set has played out in spades and our very own garden. Today, we're going all in on how we take care of our garden family, and it's also going to help you out if you want to get some garden time in your life for next year, or maybe this year if you're in a climate that can handle that. So today, we're asking, how can I become a gardener with Mark Peacock? Babe, how are you doing? I'm good, my boo. Have you always been into gardening? Yeah, I think so. I mean, being English, we pretty much come out the womb gardening, so... um yeah, I've always been into gardening. Why do you like to garden and what's like your earliest gardening memory? I know, I just find it relaxing. You can kind of switch off and you can just like potter around and, you know, be outside and getting your hands in the soil and, you know, trial and error, see what works, see what doesn't work. You know, we've moved several times. So, and obviously I've moved from one side of the Atlantic to the other. So, you know, it's like a learning thing because it's completely different gardening in Texas than what it was gardening in the UK. Either being outside with a trowel and helping mum 
um, just plant some bits. Or I do remember like my nan having uh, a greenhouse growing like gourds, which are like, you know, the pumpkins you can't eat. Um, and then in the summer, she grew a lot of tomatoes. So it's that smell of tomatoes in a hot greenhouse. And then in the winter, just these weird hanging bobbly pumpkin objects. That's probably my earliest memory of gardening. Uh, what's your favorite thing about gardening with me? Gardening with you, it's been... That I'm such a natural? I wouldn't say natural, but I would say you have kind of thrown yourself into it. And what I like is that you've kind of, you know, taken it all on board and you've grown with it and you're still wanting to learn. And you, I think at first you were probably doing it for, you know, just to appease me. But then I think you've actually got into like liking it. Our first garden was uh, a, it was like all stuff in pots because we weren't permanent in that house. Yeah, it was an it was like our pandemic garden. Um, so I think that garden would be good for like renters or people who have like very like you know more limited space. So what's your tips for someone who doesn't know if they like to garden, um, or if they're newer to gardening, don't have a lot of space, uh, and they need to kind of use like pots? Look at some books, magazines, Instagram for some inspiration. See what you like, because there's no point doing something if you really don't like it. Then if you've got like a balcony, then yes, you know, get some pots. You will need to remember to water pots. If you haven't got an outdoor space, like a terrarium, a really fun or just like indoor potted plants. If you do have limited space or only a balcony, that's enough space for you to garden. Yeah. I mean, you can garden anywhere. It doesn't matter on what space you have. What do you think are some easier things for like a beginner gardener to garden? Mm, I mean, like salad crops, pretty easy. Like lettuce, you can just throw that on the soil and it will grow. So you can grow lettuce and then just have cut cut and come again, where you just like snip the leaves off and it will keep producing lettuce. You don't need to pull the whole thing out of the ground. Tomatoes, I mean, they can be grown in the ground or even a hanging basket, you know, the trailing tomatoes. I mean, even if you just wanted to try it, you could get like a a meadow mix, like which is a mixed bag of seeds, cosmos, whatever, and then just sprinkle that on some soil and it will come up because they literally need nothing but water, soil. You built two sets of raised beds from scratch. You made it look pretty easy, but I feel like it's probably not that easy. Like, is there like pre-done beds that people can order? Yeah. Like if people see our stuff on Instagram, they're like, oh, I want one just like that, but they can't build shit. How could they do it? Number one, you don't need to raise the bed. You could just dig away some grass and then, you know, cultivate it and enrich the soil. And then you could plant. I raised the beds because we have very poor soil, so I could import better soil. But you can like pre-buy metal ones that you can kind yeah, of Yeah, I see together. the metal ones a lot. So, And we have three metal ones at the end of ours. That is one from like Lowe's that you just have to make sure you drill holes in the bottom because mm -hmm. you need to allow for the water to drain out. Or you can buy like prefabbed, like raised beds that you just slot together. The ones we currently have now, they were kind of half built. So I didn't have to like get huge planks of wood. Mm -hmm. So they kind of came in a packaging and then you had to like build them all. And that was from a company called Earth Easy. You mentioned earlier about your like transatlantic move. Mm -hmm. What were your gardens like in England growing up? And does England have the same like zones that America has? No, we don't have any kind of zoning like you have. 
I'd say the English weather is pro- probably more like the northeast of America. So, or maybe like Portland, Oregon, that kind of like that band. So it's like kind of hot summers, coldish winters and wet, you know, but England, it rains a lot. So we don't have things like irrigation because we don't need it. Um, we're like, we, uh, you can grow a much wider range of plants, especially when it comes to vegetables. But there are certain vegetables that, you know, until I came to America, I'd never grown okra, just won't grow in the UK. Even like tomatoes, cucumbers, generally you would grow them in a glass house. I mean, in the Victorian times, they used to grow watermelons in glass houses with horse manure for soil because the horse manure as it rots produces a lot of heat and it gives the heat to the watermelon that they require. So that's how the Victorians used to do it. What do you really do for the garden? Like what's a week in the life of maintaining that garden out there? Weed in, weed in, and more weed in. I've never weeded out there before. No, I don't really weed, do that. No. My mom used to make me weed as punishments. I don't really like weeding. I really like harvesting food from, mm. I like to collect the food. Yeah. See, I like cutting grass. I hate that. I hate that more than anything in the I world. Love the four. If we had acres and acres, all I'd want for Christmas is a sit-on lawnmower, Ugh. and I'd be quite content just going up and down cutting grass. Oh, oh my god, it's stressing me out just thinking about it. Um, uh, but so, what do you do out there? Like, what's a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday? Mm, well, I tend to because we've got I don't know ten beds or something, so I might be like a bed and a half a day. Like, glance at it you know, that one doesn't really need anything today or that one might need something. And then like every, you know, couple of weeks, I'll kind of feed the soil. Um, and then the paths need a lot of weeding because you didn't put a membrane down. So they need a lot. But generally the raised beds look after themselves. I try to plant stuff that I don't really need to do a lot of stuff because it's so hot here in Texas. You know, I only get from eight in the morning till 11 and then I'm like dripping with sweat and I've got to come in the first season of our garden my favorite was watermelon um but then we moved into our first house in Texas and that one watermelon died yes um then our second garden at our first like house that we actually was like our house um that was the year of pumpkins when they murdered our pumpkins the six pumpkins that we had to harvest in July. Wasn't it tomatoes as well, though? They murdered our, our fucking tomatoes, died too. Because the squirrels kept yep. stealing mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I hate those little fucks. I hate squirrels and chipmunks. That was the squirrel. So that was the tomato and pumpkin era. Raised beds. Raised beds. Uh-huh. And that's when... We- oh, we had these goat... We had these... We had these ghost uh, peppers or... What were those scotch bonnet? Yes, yeah, scotch bonnet peppers. We had these scotch bonnet peppers in 2021 that literally were like fervently producing like all these scotch bonnets through November. It was insane. Then in 2022, in that same house, you built that pumpkin oh, yeah. addition to that try was to when you were like, I want I want to cover the pumpkins so the borers couldn't get it. Yes. And so that was a good lesson. If you're so so Mark built this cage over our raised garden bed to keep the squash borer vine moss out. If you're in Texas, you know what those are. They're these horrific. Will you tell everyone what squash borer vine moss are, babe? They're basically uh, like a nymph, like a, a, a maggot 
thing that kind of goes into the plant and then eats the plant from the inside out, essentially. Well, there are these fucking moths that look like wasps. That lay an egg and then it pulls away and you can see like these eggs in like an open wound. And then from that, when the eggs hatch, the maggot crawls down the hollow vine, eating it, resulting in it kills killing them. the plant. Yeah, and it kills it really fast. So then Mark builds this cage. And so then I was like, oh my God, we're going to be able to survive them. So then I was like, I'm going to plant eight pumpkins in here. And then Mark was like, that's way too many fucking pumpkins for such a little place. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Eight's perfect. This is going to be great. And then I am their mother is what you said. I know full well what I'm doing and I want to plant 12. I did eight. Well, originally you wanted 12. Yeah. So then I planted eight. After I spent ages building this Fort Knox cage that nothing could get through. Yeah. So I planted eight and then, and then we pulled out two of them. So there were six because we realized that they were going to suffocate each other. There wasn't enough light. Mm -hmm. So that, that pumpkin patch only produced one pumpkin, which was devastating. <laughs> um, but it was a gorgeous, big pumpkin. We had so much better when we just threw them in the ground. Yeah, that was devastating. That. And then we should speak to and get use one of his cold frame, one of his greenhouses, which he's got empty, and we'll rent it from him, and you can plant 50,000 pumpkins in there because it's big enough. You want to <sighs> do that? No. Mm, why? Because <laughs> just wants to fuck you, Mark. Um, and everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows. And in fact, they're probably already having an affair. Okay, because he's trying to fuck you, and everybody knows it. Okay, <laughs> I know it. A kid. He's that has never stopped anybody before. He wants to get in that ginger goodness. Any. He wants his own gingerbread man. So fuck him. He was trying to. I could tell when he was at the garden. I could tell he was trying to undress me with his eyes or he's just being nice no he was trying to undress me with his eyes my tiny little frame he's just being nice no he was trying to undress me with his eyes and i know it i know what it feels like when the lust is stare of a man well he is gonna take our citruses this winter and look after well we need to get our own greenhouse because i feel like he's probably gonna try to fuck my citrus plants too move on next question (laughs) so then we moved and then this year, I became way more obsessed with tomatoes, which I think was from that last garden when they got murdered, and then still pumpkins. But we had this amazing, I learned on Instagram, it was called like volunteer pumpkin because it just like planted itself. We didn't plant it. It was just there. Well, no, because we feed the chickens pumpkins, I threw the chickens down there. And then when they moved the gravel from where the chicken coop was, where I had the chickens, they brought one of the random seeds that the chickens must not have eaten. And then it like just was in the gravel and seeded it itself. Yes. And so we grew like seven pumpkins from Rogue One. It lasted from like March summer. to September, probably. It was really and squash board vine moss tried to murder it, couldn't, didn't take it down. They got in. It just plant. calloused it and just like made new vines. Resilience. Yeah, it was like it it was kept a seed from that one. It was so resilient to the borers. It really was. That was a hardcore, that was a really good pumpkin. Um we did watermelons over a uh, arch this year, which was beautiful. People were really impressed with that on the gram, our archway. Yeah, if you like want to do an archway in your garden, then grow like vined fruits. That's pretty fun. Well, it's like good if you haven't got a huge amount of space. You know, you can like just grow stuff up and over. You could have flat trellis, have a bed and then have a flat trellis at the end and have beans going up the flat trellis and then stuff in the bed and then like a an obelisk, you know, like a uh, like a pyramid 
plant support. In Is the it middle. hard for you to stay focused on gardening with me when I have my when with my fat ass? Because you just look at my fat ass and you're like, oh, that fart ass. I just want to get in that fart ass of of his fart ass, fart ass. That, that gorgeous fat, fat, gorgeous ass. ass. Especially when you bend over to do weeding. Yes, I just turns you. you can't. <laughs> but but that's why I don't because I know it turns you on so much. Oh, when you yeah, see my ass yeah, up like that, you freak out. No. You're gonna just like Smack ravage it. me in the middle of the garden, babe. <laughs> Oh, honey, the weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I needed to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Honey, these premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. They are giving you washable silk tops. I love the quality of their fabrics. It really is stunning. Oh my God. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash curious for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash curious to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash curious. I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, but I should stop paying for me time with whatever credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offer 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Sign me up. Room upgrades? Yes, please. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We really like the show Gardener's World with Monty Don. Mark introduced it to me. We watch it a lot. And Monty's always going on about like right plant, like right place or Mm -hmm. whatever. And one thing, like Mark really loves rhubarb. We've tried to grow it like all these years. It just never really works. It's just like too fucking hot here. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I just, there are certain, like. There are certain things that. And same thing with like tomatoes here in Austin. It's like, it's so hot. We're probably just like not in the right zone for it. So it's like a lot of gardening. It's like if there's something you really want to grow, but you're just not in the right place. Like you could try to fool it with like a greenhouse. You can try to do a shade covering. Like there's things that you can try to do, but ultimately if it's not the right plant for the right place, like it's going to be a way harder slog. Um. So now it's it's been fall. We recently like... We took out one of our okras because it was like daddy. Our watermelons were over. The pumpkins are over. We did take out two beds and made winter vegetables. So what did you plant in the winter beds? So we have savoy cabbage, which I love. Um, Some garlic. And then we still have a few. And then I've got, um, actually, I need to do that. uh, A green manure to put in, which will be like clover or something like that, that I'll sprinkle down. And then I'll just get the fork in the spring and then dig that plant into the soil. And then it will rot down and enrich the soil with like nitrogen. Flower wise, you really like daffodils. But then that's like a very English thing. So like in January, we have snowdrops and then we have the daffodils. Then we have the tulips. Then we have bluebells. 
I'm like, the whole, uh, the whole woods are like completely blue. It's yeah, spring. we have blue bonnets, which it, you know are gorgeous. Yeah, they're part of the Lupin family. Yeah, they're very pretty. But imagine that in like winter when there's everything's brown and then in the woods it's just like a sea of light blue. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. We've actually we've never been to England when the when the bluebells are out. So that must be the month we've never been. So maybe April. What has been your because you know we have shown some of our little meals from our uh garden. What's been your favorite meals that we the pumpkin pies and purees, the pumpkin purees we made have been really good, I think. Not that that was a question for me, it's a question for you, but I keep talking. Stir fries. Well, I, we have got the sweet potato that's going to come out. So, Phil, um, you have sweet potato pie, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. And we just had, like, straight up, like, you know, our sweet potatoes. Yeah. We made, like, like sweet potato hash, like, mashed sweet potatoes, which has been good. Using the peppers in, like, um, fajitas and stuff has been good. Yeah, we love that. The baba ganoush and, like, roasting it. Yeah, I just wish I liked grilled egg. Like, I like baba ganoush, but I hate, like, just eggplant by, like, just, like, cubed eggplants. Like, so, I just don't like there's it. There's not much difference between... It's so fucking different. Baba ganoush is, like, with all this other stuff in a food processor, whereas, like, just cubed eggplant is, like, mushy, nasty, like, stringy, you know? It's, like, the texture of it, like, just cubed. I'm like, ooh. I love mazaka. You- mazaka. You hate it, so... Um... All right, Mark, the Getting Curious listeners have spoken and we've got a Q&A for you. Ooh, let's mm-hmm. role play. You know I love that. You're the expert, obviously. So you answer these and I'll play the part of the Getting Curious listener. Are you ready? Ready. Can you propagate any plant? Yes, but you can't propagate every plant in the same way. What makes a weed a weed? It's just a plant in the wrong place. But who says what's wrong is? It's giving cologne. It's giving like colonizer. Why? Like labeling things weeds. That's what I'm saying. It's just a plant in the wrong place. But I bet it was a bunch of white explorers that said it was like the wrong place. Mm. I just think we need to revisit weeds. Like they're gorgeous. If you've got a, a plant in the middle of your path and you're walking over it or falling they're over it. They're just our displaced relatives. Okay. Displaced plant. Yes. The leaves on my hydrangea are turning yellow. What does it mean? Mm. If it's yellow and dry, then it may not have enough water. If it's yellow and like droopy. You could be overwatering it. Or if it's kind of anemic yellow, it could just need a feed and it could be like um, like corrosis, like cut yellowing of the leaves. It could be the wrong place. I mean, if you look at a plant, I always think you should look at the plant and where it is in the wild. So like a hydrangea lives in woodland edges in Japan or China. So it's going to like dappled shade, not full sun, you know, woodlandy soil so like damp but not soaking wet can you break down full sun partial sun no sun like if it says that on the plant like what does it really mean i think it's due to the number of hours i think like partial sun is kind of like four four hours ish so it's like half in the it might get like the morning sun and then the sun goes around your house and there's nothing in the afternoon that's kind of partial sun or like full sun is if it's like from nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the afternoon, it's like sun beating down on it, full sun. Mm. North facing, the sun doesn't go north. So if you've got a house and a plant that likes shade, then find where north is in your garden and plant it there. What other types of gardens are there? Dry gardens, wet gardens, damp gardens, bog gardens. Tropical gardens. Tropical gardens. Slut gardens. Gray gardens. <laughs> Gray gardens, funny. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, the gravel the, garden, the the black and white garden or whatever, Tanny's garden. Well, he's done a green and white garden. Yes, yeah, just white flowers solely. Is there really a difference between potting soil versus potting mix? Isn't dirt just dirt? Potting soil and potting mix. I think that might just be an American vernacular versus like an English vernacular. I'm not sure, but the potting medium you use is generally lower in organic fertilizer because the plant doesn't necessarily need such a rich soil to like germinate. And also it has like a gritty mix in it. So it allows for water to penetrate so the seed doesn't rot. So that, but if I would never use compost that you make in your garden to, to sow seeds in the bacteria in your compost may not be good for seed germination. So it's better to use uh, like a commercial potting soil which has been like heat treated to kill the kind of unnecessary bacteria. And also that's peat free. Yeah. Tell us about what peat is. So peat comes from bogs. So generally horticulture would like dig up the peat and the peat takes a long, 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 thousands of years to kind of regenerate. And also peat locks in carbon. So it's one of the biggest forms of carbon trapping that we have. So the carbon from the atmosphere goes into the peat, but then when we go and dig them up, so we have plants, so we can like buy plants at the garden center, they put their big spade in, they dig it, and they release it all out into the atmosphere again. Mm. And basically what peat does, because it's like moss, essentially, it's so good at retaining water. So that's why garden centers like to use it, because they put it into their mix. So then it adds moisture and holds moisture in the plant. So once it's going to be on sale, and a lot of companies will sell it. There's one company called um, uh, Heirloom Soils or something like that. And it's called The Works is the name of the product. But yeah, or sometimes you can find like coconut, you know, the fluffy stuff on the coconuts, coconut fiber that they put into it. It's not as good as peat. I mean, people love peat because it's so good at what it does, but you have to weigh up environmental carbon releasing versus one in your Brussels to survive in the garden center. Does it really matter if, uh, does it really matter if I plant similar plants next to each other, like vegetables with vegetables or flowers with flowers? I don't have that much space in my garden, so I want to maximize. Uh, it's probably better to do a mix of vegetables and flowers. So it's like beneficial planting. Beneficial planting, you know, some of them, uh, the flowers will attract the insects that bring them in. So you'll get more like ladybirds, butterflies, and then in result, the, those insects coming in will help pollinate the vegetables. So it's kind of like that symbiotic kind of relationship. It's like why we do marigolds with something, right? Marigolds, like basil with tomatoes. Oh yeah, marigolds with tomatoes. Or um, I think marigolds with carrots is another one. It stays off carrot fly. Um, and then what about like if you have raised plant beds, like is it true that you really need to like cycle the plants, like not do pumpkins in the same bed two years in a row or whatever? Like, do you need to like, because one thing takes like a nutrient out and the other one puts one in? Yeah. So it's like, it's twofold. So certain, so like, I can never remember the exact order, but like beans, for example, and sweet corn have nodules on their roots that fix nitrogen into the soil. So whatever you put, so if you've got a plant that's going in that needs nitrogen, then you'd put that in the following year in the bed that beans were in the previous. So then the nitrogen's already in the soil. So, so you don't need to rotate your beds? So yeah, it's called crop rotation. You can either do a three-year or a four-year crop rotation. Mm. But it's also done so pests and disease doesn't build up. So if there's like 
like potato scab, I think, is prone to potatoes. So you don't want to keep planting potatoes in the same place because if it's starting to build up, you want to move it on to another patch of soil, which it hasn't got a build up of. Mm. And by the time you come back around in four years time, it's not going to be affecting it. Is there a way to prevent outdoor plants from suffering from frost? Like, can you put a blanket over them or like greenhouse vibes? Greenhouse, wrap them in uh, horticultural fleece. We've done that before. Yeah, we did that. It too. works sometimes and it doesn't work other times. It depends on how cold it gets. Right? Yeah. But also like if they're in pots, move them closer to the house um, because the house is radiating heat. Mm. Cold generally won't kill plants. It's prolonged cold. Well, if it's too prolonged. Well, then, yeah, move them inside or cover them up. I mean, you can cover them with the fleece and they'll be fine. Mm. But to so that, and then, um, oh, I always do that. I forgot what I was going to say. Frost, suffering from frost. frost suffering from frost. Cuddle it, give it a little cuddle. Um, give it a little kiss. No. Uh, oh, yes. And then there are some things that you like, you don't really need to lift dahlia bulbs. People always like lift dahlia bulbs and you don't really need to bother doing that. You can just put a thick layer of mulch on top and they'll be fine. As long as the soil doesn't get really wet and waterlogged, so things rot, then that's fine. If you're like me, the threat of fascism is weighing on you this year. But even when the F word is uttered, way too few of us are considering the full scope of the danger, let alone how to really stop it. The Refuse Fascism podcast hosted by Sam Goldman names it, dissects it, and connects in-depth analysis of what fascism is with the understanding and urgency we need to defeat it. And she is joined by great guests to discuss the threat of civil war, attacks on abortion rights and trans rights, Trump and the theocrats, Project 2025, efforts to erase history and critical thinking, and much more. Check out recent episodes featuring Kathleen Ballou, Jeff Charlotte, Sarah Posner, Wajahat Ali, Dahlia Lithwick, and many more. Subscribe to the Refuse Fascism podcast on your listening platform of choice or go to refusefascism.org slash podcast. Hey, it's Jonathan Van Ness. Americans United for Separation of Church and State defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose, so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms like abortion rights, marriage equality, public education, and even American democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs. Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU at au.org slash curious. Okay, so before we wrap, this has been fun. Have you had so much fun, babe? Yeah, I'm over. Okay. Well, we love the Gilded Age. And now that the strike is over and we can, like, talk about television again, mm-hmm. um, if we were going to assign characters of the Gilded Age onto our plants, uh, what would they be? This is rapid fire. Oh, gosh. Um, Christine Baranski, Agnes Van Ryan, who would she be? Lily. Why? Kind of old school, but overbearing. Oh, uh, what about Ada Brooke, Cynthia Nixon, who's about to get fucked by that reverend, hopefully. The priest. Um, probably like a, a, like a viola or oh. a flower. She's kind of like 
will flourish, you know, quietly. <sighs> And then Carrie Coon, uh, Bertha Russell, honey. She don't she don't fuck around with nobody. A rose. Oh, because she's prickly. Prick, like, good on top. Like, good shit. I was going to say habanero. Like a habanero pepper. Because she's fucking spicy. And she'll fucking burn your face off. She'll fucking burn you right to death, you stupid bitch. I'll go with a rose. Because that Metro, she's fucking, she's going to get that Met popping. You guys, I love the Gilded Age so much. I haven't loved a show this much in a minute. Uh... George Russo, who that Morgan Spector, like the way I wish you both would just railroad me into last week. Like he's so attractive in that scene with his top off in season one. I just don't think people in like the 1875s are like that muscly, but whatever. I don't know. He's really giving me like had better diet. He's giving me like modern, modern, like I have like a modern trainer at Equinox. I mean, they did Whereas have- back then they were more of like, you know, those like bodybuilder like photo shoots from like 1900s. They were like different looking, a little different physique. Okay. I think. Um, I don't know what he would be. Maybe a Dahlia quite. No. I think he's asparagus. Nice and firm. Stout to the ground. Takes like 11 years. Quite rich. All right. You can have. Uh, a nice oak tree, but that easily succumbs to Dutch elm disease and the financial crisis of 1928 when they lose the house. Well, they're based on the Vanderbelts, that family, so they're still around. I turn into Moira when she's trying to buy the car. Oh, how does she say that? She's like, Hello, Governor. I'm <laughs> going to interest in buying no. a car. She said, my husband's an ex-tennis player, right? He is. And oh, he's... we've had the death, of death in the family. It's such a terrible news. I wonder if I should try to do perform that. All right. So um, uh, so you be, you be everyone who's not Moira. The truth is that um, we've, we've really struggled with penury for quite some time now. Well, just two years ago, we were practically homeless. I need to warm it up better. And the truth is that I'm, we've we struggled with penury for quite some time now. Well, just two years ago, we were practically homeless. Car salesman. Where are you from? You don't have to say the car salesman. Just say the thing. Well, there's two characters. and I'm gonna I know you're going to do, you're, you're, we may have to change them a little bit. Should I try one in an American accent? They're both, no, they're both, you're all American, babe. I'm doing the British one. Do I have to do it in it? Yeah, how's the American? God, where, where, where are you two from? You know, oh God, you know, I've been wondering that myself. I'm from London. I was one of two identical twins. Tragically, I was snatched from me crib at birth by Russian mobsters. Mm-hmm. They looked at my fair skin and my dazzling eyes and they said, we'll make a pretty penny on that one. I'm them on that I'm in black market, we will. <laughs> and what about the twin? What's that, love? Well, you're an identical twin. I thought you'd both be valuable. Oh, yes, you wouldn't you? She wasn't born yet. Yep, she wasn't born till three minutes later. <laughs> and they brought that work very quickly. Quickly. Jesus. Hey, folks, how are you doing today? I'm excited beyond compare. Yes, especially with this being our first ever purchase of an automobile. Yes, it's our first car. I hope we can afford it. Yes, my poor husband lost his 
job recently as a tennis pro. Yes, it's a, it's a public resort that is, yeah. Well, let's get you folks settled inside and see what we can do. Oh, thank you. It'll be nice to get off the streets and be indoors for a change, yeah. That's really good, babe. We did it. <laughs> um, was that hilarious? We'll see yeah. if it makes the final edit. I It might, it might not. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, Peggy Scott, Danae Benton. Danae Benton, Audrey McDonald's daughter. I think she'd be like a gorgeous... Iris. Ooh. Is that like a gorgeous flower? Yeah, it's the one that's on that painting with the blue... Ooh, kind of yeah, pretty on. gorgeous. Marion Brooke, Louisa Jacks, Jacobson. Louisa Jacobson, that's Meryl's daughter... I think Maybe she's a, a bell or a snowdrop. I think she's a snowdrop, I say. Or Oscar Van Ryan, Blake Ritson. Blake Ritson. He's like a gay. He's um, gay and hot. Maybe a, gay. a daffodil. Narcissus, yeah, daffodil. Yeah, Narcissus. You're so right. Um, Tom Rake. Tom Rake. Rakes. Tom Rakes. Simon Jones. Which one's Tom Rake? Tom, he's that slut two-time and whore of a bitch who fucked that other... So He's that social climbing bitch. Oh, he can be a... He's a fucking piece of shit, I say. Piss nettle. He's a piss nettle. Um, church. Jack Chiplin, Jill Gilpin. Jack Gilpin. He's, he's the guy who went across the street and Miss Van Ryan <laughs> bound him. He'd be... Um, well, he's English in it, so... Um, I don't know what he could be. I'd say he's a traditionalist. I say I think he's a maple tree. I mean, a huge. He's a big old. He's a big old. A maple's from Canada. Yeah, he's a big old. That's in the Commonwealth. I say he's a big old. Um, he's a big old. He's a. He's a. Blade of crab grass. Why don't we say like an apple tree? Yeah, he's an apple tree, I say. Um, Kelly O'Hara, Aurora <laughs> Fane. I can't remember. Aurora, she's that pretty blonde girl. I was trying to set everybody up, darling. Setting everyone up? Yeah. She's a matchmaker who's like a matchmaking plant. Makes it happen. Sees, gets in where she fits in. Marigold. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Astor, Donna Murphy. She's a rich bitch. She's oh, like a... yeah. Peony. Yeah, she's a peony. Armstrong, Deborah Monk. Isn't she the one who comes back as the mistress whore? Oh, I love Armstrong. She's... Oh, no, she's oh, no, the racist. She's, she's, she's the a racist. racist she's racist. Like, oh, she can be a... She can be something shit, like a... It's a crap plant. Who's like a white supremacy plant? I don't know. We'll skip her. She's a dumb bitch. Ward McAllister. Nathan Lee was a big old gay, gay thing. Big old gay flower. Peony. Are we, are we done peony? Um, the carnation. Yeah, then that dumb whore who's just back who tried to fuck um, Mr. Van Ryan. She is that stinky Amazonian flower that oh, smells really... a corpse flower. Yeah, she's a corpse flower. Yeah. Whore. I bet she's nice in real life, though. Um... Well, babe, what a rousing episode of Getting Curious. It was such a good show. <laughs> it really was. We had so much fun. And my last question for you is, do you love being married to me, babe? Yeah, I do, Mommy. We have fun, huh? We do, Mommy. Yeah, babe. Thanks for coming on Getting Curious, babe. Thanks for having me, my babe. 
You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guest and their area of expertise in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. You can follow us on Instagram at CuriousJBN. And can I just say our social work has been so good. We are just slaying over there. So give us that follow. You can catch us on here every Wednesday and make sure to tune in every Monday for alternating episodes of Curious Now and Pretty Curious. Still can't get enough, honey? Either can I. You can subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial-free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JVN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Getting Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. 